0: Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Something to happen, please, if you would. Thank you so much. Thank you for the keys. Thank you for the worship team. Thank you. Thank you one and all. Um, that shouldn't have come off of my time. What? <laughs> What's going on? <clears throat> I, I'm going I'm to share um, a message. And this happens to me f- quite frequently. Um, is uh, I, I, start, I, I step into a message that's bigger than me. That's what this is. <laughs> Many times I felt like... Um, I need to learn something so I'll preach on it and then it throws me into the Word. And so I'm learning what, along with you specifically in this area that God has a name right now because I feel like we're, I'm only just beginning to realize some of the power in the name. I got in the shower today singing, what a beautiful name, <laughs> the name of Jesus. And Jesus was, is, is uh, an Old Testament uh, equivalent of Joshua, Yeshua, and it can mean at least, at least salvation, at least deliverance. When you put Jesus with Christ, Christos, the anointed one, you've got an anointed deliverer <laughs> or an anointed savior, and there's something in the name that's so profound in us uh, learning together about what the, the names, about the names of God, so I want to do a quick review um, I titled my message, Elohim to Abba, and I think we can get there. And I also think um, that that this potentially could be the revelation of the century, and its implications could ripple through your life as a follower of Christ for the rest of your life. That's what I believe. It's, it's, a, it's a really big deal. And... And when we discover who he's like, we then step into, and we see him as he is, we then become who we are meant to be, (laughs) with full rights and full authority as sons and daughters. And so that movement from, in the beginning, God, Elohim, and that can can mean a whole bunch of things, it at least means creator, in the beginning, Elohim created. Uh, It can also mean what we would say, the mighty God. Because what he creates, he sustains. Uh, That includes you and I. By the way, we were created by the mighty God, the creator. And what he creates, he puts within his creation the ability to fulfill its purpose and its full intentions. So that's what we're looking at today. That God has a name. And when we say the name, we we also mean the nature. So... Uh, I used last week in an example that my kids can call me dad. That's a title. But if, if people were to ask, uh, not who's your dad? It, it's not just dad. That's a title. Or not just father. It's a title. But, and if they use just my name, Lauren, that's just a description of probably, you know, an identifier that my family gave me and my last name, Tebbit, uh, the, the our family line that we're from. Uh, but if you said Lorne the Harley Rider, <laughs> I see that hand. That actually implies something that I do. Um, if, if you said if you said Lorne the Lionhearted, something who I am. It's more than just a name. And when we talk about the names of God, it's not just an identifier. It actually implies His nature. Uh, if I were to say uh, the name Ivan, uh, you would go, oh, okay, well, then Ivan can help with the children's department. But if I say Ivan the Terrible, maybe not a Sunday school teacher. Do you see what I'm saying? Is that with the names of God comes descriptions of God. And they imply his character and his nature. And, and here's what, what, why this is so important. Because if you try interpreting Scripture outside of the character and nature in God, you'll get it wrong. So we need, to, we need to bring that into order for us. And, and that's part of what I want to do today. One of the ways that the Bible reveals the personalities of God is through His names. Um, we touched on two names last week, Elohim and Yahweh. <clears throat> in the beginning, God. In chapter, 31, or chapter uh, 1 of Genesis, that phrase Elohim is used 32 times <clears throat> he's impl- because he's describing uh, um, it, it, it's it's a, a function, and um, and when, when we if you read through the scriptures and you have yourself a concordance or something, you can actually figure out um, when when it says in in uh, Psalm ninety one um, how um, the name how the how the uh, the name of the uh, just way I'm getting confused with the song, but it says that he's a refuge in our fortress. That name is Elohim. That the, the mighty one. The, the one who created you is able to t- sustain you through any t- type of distress or circumstance. So it's, it's understanding that name. It actually helps us understand um, what he does. In the beginning, it says God created. If, if you read in Deuteronomy 6 and verse 4, it says the Lord, which is L capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, is Jehovah. So his preferred name, a personal name. Uh, Jehovah. It says in Deuteronomy 6:4, "The Lord is our God, Elohim," and it says, "The Lord our God is one. <laughs> these two are one." It also says in, in uh, Colossians uh, chapter one how that how that Jesus, all things were created by Him. So these three are one. If you so strap strap in because if your your head very easily could fly apart in a few moments. This is this is a big revelation. To, to try to live in. So um, he says, he also says in Genesis chapter 1, let us, because the term uh, El was the Canaanite word for God, El. Him is a, the plural of God. So he would say in the beginning, he said, let, let, us, let us make man, let us, plural, make man in our image. And the image of God, he created he, the, them. So, so, understanding how that he creates, um, and, in, and again in chapter 5 it says, and he, Elohim, created them male and female. Contrary to popular opinion, there are only two genders. I could get emails on that. <laughs> but I'm just saying what the Bible says is that he created them male and female, not and other. You're just wondering how far I'm going to go, don't you? He says that in Matthew 19 as well, when they were dealing with the question of hard-heartedness. And he says, you know what, what, for what reason uh, can you give a divorce? Jesus gives uh, him four reasons for marriage. And then he says, don't you know the scriptures? In the beginning, he created them, male and female. And, And for this reason, a man should leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two become one. He's he's just explaining something that should be obvious to us all. Uh, however, I'm just restating it again. He's he's created them. Elohim, the mighty God, creates, and then he's the one that gives the ability to fulfill the function and by which he created them. This is a, this is this is a wonderful revelation of who God is. <clears throat> um, so my first point is 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 about Yahweh now. And we looked at these a little last year, week, but they go so closely together that I feel it's important for us to look at them together once again. Uh, this would be his personal, <clears throat> a personal name, and it would imply uh, his self-revealing nature. You can't know God unless he reveals himself to you. Did you know that? So he's self-revealing. If we're open to see and willing to uh, see... He will reveal himself. The, name, the term Yahweh in the, New Test, or in the Old Testament, the capital G's, are, that's, that term is Yahweh. And it implies something of his nature, uh, something that he invites people into covenant with him. So it implies his uh, ability to make a commitment. He makes himself this vulnerable that I'm going to be to you this And the compound names of Jehovah with a a function is God covenanting to always be that in every situation if you would like to experience him like that. And so he would would say to Abraham, I am Jehovah uh, Jireh, the Lord whose provision shall be seen. He cannot not be provision because that is who he is and that is who he's promised to be. This is a wonderful thing about the God that we serve. So when we look at this um the, and the, we we start to see how he's revealing himself and we can look in Exodus chapter 3 and I've only put a few passages of scripture on there uh I just didn't want to type any more but but I'm going to look at m- much of the chapter you should read it um because 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 the self-revealing one is about to reveal himself to Moses <clears throat> and it's it's a it's a thrilling, one of my favorite passages in Exodus. And, um, and I want to just give you a little background uh, because when, when God's about to reveal himself, he's revealing himself to you, him as he is, to you as you are. We, we, we always have two relationships going on with the Lord, where you're at now and where he's trying to get you. He relates to you. In a, in a finished fashion. That's why many times when he speaks to us, it's too good. It sounds too good to be true. And so he's, but he, but he meets you where you're at. And so he meets uh, Moses where he's at. Where is Moses at? He's a man on the run. Man on the run. <clears throat> Not really. But but Moses, understand his upbringing was in the courts of Pharaoh. He would have had extensive training in the gods of Egypt. So that's, that's the context that he comes to him in. And, and, and Moses is uh, on the backside of the desert, and um, he's tending sheep, and he basically thinks that he's out of reach of everybody because he's a fugitive, but the Lord comes to him. This, the Lord's revealing himself to him. It's a beautiful passage, and, and it says about <clears throat> Moses that um, he's seen a blazing fire in a bush, but it wasn't engulfed, and it was, it was engulfed, but it wasn't burning. Moses said to himself, so you love, the first five books of the Bible were dictated, right? This, and Moses wrote them. So he says to himself, he's thinking, he doesn't say self, he's, he's thinking, amazing, why isn't that bush burning up? I must go over to see this. This is what he thought. When the Lord, when Yahweh, <clears throat> when the Lord uh, saw that he had caught Moses' attention, it's really important that we keep our eyes open, uh, he called to him. Moses, Moses said, Here I am. He said, Don't come any closer. And then he revealed to him that he was his dad's God. So Moses would have had the stories, his mom would have told him the stories of the God of his ancestors. The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He would have known the stories. But he was still steeped in Egyptian uh, um, um, teaching. So which is why the encounter is quite unique. And he says, he turns aside, wonders why it isn't burning up. And he says, I am, I am the God, the deity, the strong one, you could say, of your fathers. I'm your dad's God. And he said, oh, the, you're you're the one who uh, you're not the God of you're the God of the Israelites, the one who would one day set me, set them free and and so but his, his understanding he would have this was a long time ago, but now he's making aims he steps out of a long time ago into a very present moment and he's revealing himself um, he would have known about Ra the God the egyptian god and and the Egyptian gods kept their names secret because if you knew their name, you would have their strength. So, so he's, he's trying to figure out who this god is that's consuming the bush with fire, but yet it's not being burnt up. So that's the context. And uh, and when he and, and it says in verse uh, thirteen, uh, because he was now he was he was directing him. Uh, what to do. This was the God of the slaves of Egypt, but he's now talking to him. I just want you to see the, the moment because this is, this the God had not talked to the slaves. He talked to his dad and his great dad and his great, great dad. Moses protested because he said, I want you to go lead them out of slavery. Uh, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they won't believe me. They're going to ask, which God are you talking about? Of course, Egypt was filled with gods. It, it, it was polytheistic. And he said, okay, wh- which God exactly? Yeah, you see, he's not had his, the experience yet. He's in the middle of his experience. God meets us very much personally exactly where we're at. So he said, so which God? Who, who, who do I say? Which God are you talking about? And what is his name? Uh, then what should I tell them? And God replied, I am the one who always is. Just tell them I am has sent you. Tell them the God, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has sent you. As some versions would say, "I'm the self-existent one." Uh, I am. Uh, I am that I am. What he's saying is, what I was to your fathers and their fathers, I will now can be to you, and I'll function the same way in your future. He, he he's he's saying, "I'm I." Uh, I'm, you know the stories about them? Yeah, I can do that for you right where you're at right now. I'm not the God of a long time ago. <laughs> I hope you've heard some stories from your parents about what God's like. But the big deal is, what's he like to you now? <laughs> and how will he function consistently with you into the future? That's what he's revealing to him. Uh, so so he, he is... Um, verse, oh yeah, he hides his face. He, no, that's not, that's not important, no. The, the fugitive is guilty and condemned and he's shamed, but God reveals himself to him. Listen, nobody is too far from God. <laughs> nobody is too condemned. Nobody is too guilty. That, that if you're open, he will reach you wherever you're at. Um, I just think that's such a profound picture. And uh, he, he, you know, he pushes back here and there, and finally he reveals to him, I am, the, I am the one who reveals himself. I'm the self-revealing one. This is important to note as, uh, when I, as I go into my next point. Jeremiah chapter 10 said, Lord, there is no one like you, for you are great and your name is full of power. I just love that, that his name is full of power. Maybe you know his name, but you know the power that's in his name. Um, I, I would have loved to have talked about El Shaddai But I felt there's one of his names that is more important this morning. And uh, I want to talk to you this morning about the compound, one of his compound names is Jehovah Shalom. This is a big one. I mean, it's a big one for us today. That God can reveal his shalom to you. More than just peace. More than just the absence of chaos. Uh, Paul would say, peace that passes Our understanding in chapter 4, Philippians. Um, The revealing one now, it can be present and reveal to you his peace today. Uh, 700 years before the birth of Jesus, one of the 40 writers of scriptures prophesied, he said, unto us, a child would be born and a son would be given, and he would have different names. He would be called different names. Uh, One of those would be wonderful. One would be counselor. So much in those names. One would even be this child would be called the Everlasting Father. But of one of his names would be the Prince of Peace. This was this was centuries before this one came. He would take his revel he would take the revelation of Jehovah Shalom, and he would embody that now because this is not two different people. <clears throat> A child, it said. That he would, the child would be the mighty God. Those two words are there. It's the Lord Elohim Yahweh. He would be the mighty God. A virgin have a son, name him Yeshua, meaning our deliverer and our salvation. And angels would say unto us, a Savior is born, and he's Christ, the Anointed One, and he is Mashiach, Messiah, the long-awaited one. So the shalom was a covenant word. He said, I'm going to covenant myself. A covenant was an agreement. And he said, I'm going to make myself this for you if you're willing to agree with me. Here's my contract, my covenant with you. I will, I will connect my personality of peace to you if you're interested. He, he is the, now he's covenanting. He's promising. And one thing God can't do, can't lie. I don't have to wonder, gee, I wonder if he's going to be peace for me today. He's promised that. <clears throat> uh, it's a covenant word expressing God's faithfulness. And it, it means more than just having a nice day. They, when you meet people in Jerusalem, which, by the way, is the city of Shalom, the city of fullness and completion and prosperity and peace. Uh, when they meet, meet people in, in um, Jerusalem, they'll say Shalom, sometimes Shalom, Shalom. And um, and so he, it means more than, than just uh, nice to see you or have a nice day. It means at least, at least all of these things. Wholeness, completeness, prosperity, soundness, well-being, and harmony. So, so the God of shalom, wherever there's incompleteness in you, your encounter with him can complete what he's begun in you already. That's who he is. There's a wonderful promise. Who doesn't want that? It's more than the absence of conflict. It's about a state of well-being like the world is longing for today. Because of the chaos, because it it doesn't matter about the circumstance, it's who he is, revealing himself to you. Okay. So so Ephesians 4 would say, he is our peace. Zechariah the Father, John the Baptist, in chapter 1 Of Luke, verse 79, it said that he would guide our feet in the path of peace. It reminds me of one of your, the the armor of God, where our feet are to be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Did you know that the the gospel, the good news, is the good news of peace? It's called the gospel of peace. This is profound. Uh, And... And, and then in Colossians, verse are let the peace of God rule in your heart. And it's connected with healing. He would say to, to a woman who just got healed, he would say, now go in peace. Go in wholeness. Go in shalom. Mmm. Uh, he, would, he would make peace with his blood. And this name was first used in the book of Judges. And... Um, they got me on the fast clock this morning. I, I, I got, there's something I just want to say. I'm, I'm going to summarize this kind of quickly. Um, story of Judges is about Gideon. Because the first time this name is used, God of peace. <clears throat> Help me, Holy Spirit. Um, Joshua has gone. The, the tribes are scattered. <clears throat> and they forgot about Yahweh. And they've turned to other gods. Uh, there's, there's <laughs> the Midians have a secret weapon. It's called camels. And, would say, and, 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 and Gideon would say that they've never seen so many ar- uh, army, so many warriors on camels. It was a, I know it sounds a bit um, medieval, but it was, it was surprising. They'd never seen anything like it. <clears throat> and Gideon is dealing with a serious case of inferiority. Anybody, anybody, anybody listen, this is... <clears throat> God wants him to realize who he is. That doesn't matter how big the army is or what they're riding on. Some men men trust in horses. Some men trust in chariots. But we'll trust in the name of the Lord. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, then maybe they got camels. (laughs) I know it sounds funny. Maybe they got Porsches. Doesn't matter. Here's what he's trying to say to him. Yeah, you're surrounded by enemies. You're surrounded by an army. And yeah, they've got, you're, you're outnumbered and you're outgunned and you're, you're in big trouble. But listen, that doesn't matter to me because of who I can be for you in this place of battle that you're in. Doesn't matter. <laughs> said it wouldn't matter at all. Uh, and, and, and then he says, he says something beautiful. Um, and he says to him, because he thought he was going to be consumed, when Gideon realized uh, this was the Lord, sovereign Lord. I've seen the angel of the Lord. And he's like a little bit messed up. But here's how the Lord answers him in verse 23. It's all right. Don't be afraid. You're not going to die. He figured it because he'd seen God he was going to die. And Gideon built an altar there. And on that altar, he named it, the Lord is my peace. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is my fullness. The Lord, the, the, the Lord is my completeness. The Lord is all I need. Now, let me, let me get to the bottom of this before it gets too late. Um, the, the, the peace offering in, in the sacrifices was one of the best offerings because it wasn't uh, to get peace from God. It was to celebrate who God was. Sometimes we think we have to beg for such stuff rather than just thank him for who he is. <clears throat> and so, so the, the peace offering, and, 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 and the, the peace was always a blessing. Um, um, Literally, Jehovah means the more you grow, the more that's revealed. This is, this is, so he's the self-revealing one. The more you grow, I just I, the longer you serve him, the sweeter he can get. This means that he'll never stop revealing himself to you. He, 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 will, he will be the one that's continually revealing himself. Sometimes we, we hear when we're praying before the service about what God has done through the week and what he's about to do, and we talk about those things. Listen, as we grow... He will continue to reveal himself over and over and over to you, and you'll never exhaust his revelation for you. Don't, he won't stop. You, you don't stop growing because he doesn't want to reveal himself. Is that you stop allowing him to reveal himself to you. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's what the word is. Uh, Paul would say, things you've learned and seen and heard of me, if you put them into practice, then the God of peace will be with you. Do you hear what I'm saying? It says there's a part that we always got to play. <laughs> that if you're not functioning according to my plan for your life, you may not have peace in your life. It's not that he doesn't want to be that peace for you, but sometimes the stuff we do, turn stupid decisions we make, ungodly decisions, ungodly behaviors, as we do them, our peace gets stolen from us. It's not because he has taken it from you. You've let it get stolen from you. <clears throat> I'm coming to a big one. After the the resurrection, Jesus would say, peace unto you. Uh, In Romans, Romans it says pretty soon, the God of peace is going to crush Satan under your feet. Now listen to me as I say this as kindly as I can. One of the best weapons of warfare, one of the best ways of keeping Satan under your feet Is to guard the peace that God places in your heart. He the enemy can't shake you. He says he'll be under your feet if you'll let the God of peace rule in your heart. There's stuff that steals our peace. Fear steals steals your peace. Sometimes the evening news steals your peace. Are you? But the best weapon against the enemy is letting his Peace settled in your heart. Yeah, you're concerned about tomorrow. Hey, listen, If peace can be with you today. Shalom and wholeness and completeness and fulfillment can be yours today. That'll guard you against fret, against worry about any tactic that the enemy can throw at you. He is the God of peace, and he'll crush Satan under your feet. When we get a revelation of Jehovah Shalom, listen, I don't quite understand sometimes... If I were to ask you all today here, because one of the, when God had, uh, after he was done with, with uh, Noah, and he said, I'm going to make a sign of my covenant. It's going to be a rainbow. Dear Jesus, it's been stolen. Let's get it back. <laughs> how many of you, if I were to say to you, how many believe that God's going to destroy the earth by water again? Does anybody think he'll ever do that? <clears throat> no, but why? Because he's covenanted with us. <clears throat> I, I, it's the strangest thing. But do you know what he's done in Christ for you? Do you know what he's covenanted in Christ for you? We are now joint heirs. Everything that's Jesus' is ours. He would say in Romans that can, can the tribulation separate you? Can any principality or any power or death or things present or things that come, can any of that separate you from his love? No. Why would we think that the greatest gift he he gives us freely, salvation, now he's going to keep from us peace? The greatest thing that could ever happen for you and I is our souls be saved for eternity. Greatest gift. Do you think with him he won't also give us all things? You think he's going to give you salvation but withhold prosperity from you? Do you think he's going to give you salvation and withhold uh, healing from you? He can't. Now, your thinking can, and your heart can, but he can't, because he can't deny his name. He says, by, by this, I'm gonna, here's how I'm going to make the, I'm going to swear by my own name, because that can't be broken. It's such incredible good news. The, the power of the gospel is, is that, that he's going to keep his word. The covenant between God and you and I, the covenant that's being kept In heaven, it's not between you and God. It's between now, between Jesus and God. And as long as I'm in him, I have all things. It's not yes sometimes, no sometimes, maybe on, maybe off. It's always yes in Christ. This is such a huge revelation. I'm drying out. All right. I got a last point. It's just half a point. During... Uh, the pagan, the pagans considered God as Father to be someone distant, oppressive, misogynistic. So the revelation you and I now get is Father, yet we need to respect Him as Father. But not as a historical Victorian distant, but as Abba Father. This was very... Uh, unique to the minds of New Testament follow, followers because, yeah, that, that, that there's a God that's distant and we better respect him. But now we can know him as daddy. So the, the, the word Abba is, is what's formed on the lips of children. That we no longer come as slaves, but we come as sons and daughters. That we've been given a spirit of adoption. What a beautiful name, Abba. Like a child expressing love and connection and relationship with a parent. During his earthly ministry, Jesus emptied himself and became a man in every way but yet was without sin. This is one of the most widely rejected doctrines. It's only when we accept this and embody it that we can enjoy and receive the kingdom that's promised on earth. And for the first time, we're able to see Uh, what's modeled, what's God really like? Just look at Jesus. Look at his names. Look at what took place in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and you'll know exactly what he's like. He said, don't keep kids from coming to me, for such is the kingdom. I love kids coming to me. That revelation of Abba is so big. And once we can see him as Father, Now what happens within us? A spirit of sonship begins to rise up within us. It's only when you can see him as your dad can you function as a son, otherwise you'll function as a slave. What does does the master want me to do? No, no. what what would you like to do together with your Abba? It's a very different image. That revelation is very, very deep that you and I get a new bloodline because of the blood of Jesus. Um, I've tried to make as simple as possible one of the most complicated things in Scripture. What's God like? He's mighty. What's God like? He's creator. What's God like? He's peace. What's God like? He's like daddy. Those revelations are so profound. I'm going to pray once again. As we just dim the lights, I want to pray for people's peace once again. I know we prayed last week. I don't mind praying all the time. But we need to respond to him. Some of the anxiety about tomorrow, some of the anxiety about next year, some anxiety about the great tribulation. Listen. He's not appointed us to wrath. All of His that wrath was poured out on Jesus. As long as we're in Jesus, we're not going to... We're, we're, we're spared. Father, I pray today for a revelation of who you are once again to us. Many of us have seen you function, but we're just not quite sure if you can be the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, Lord, I thank you for your name. I thank you for your nature, and I thank you today for your peace. I just want to pray for peace again for people. If you you need greater peace, just stand up, please, so I can pray for you. We're standing. This is your response to the living God. You want his peace. He's the God of peace. When peace rules in your heart, it's the greatest weapon against the enemy. I'm going to pray against the thing that's stolen, your peace first. Lord, we just go back to moments where peace was stolen, where we wondered if you're going to come through. We go back to those places and we ask for forgiveness where we've not seen you as our peace. Forgive us, Lord, for thinking of you other than peace, forgiving us for thinking of, you, uh, of uh, that you that maybe you did it then, but you may not do it now. Lord, all of those things that limit our revelation of you, Father, forgive us for picking up pagan views of who you really are. And today, as our peace the God of peace. Lord, what, and you said in First Thessalonians chapter 5 how the God of peace will preserve you, spirit, soul, and body. Lord, I thank you today for your peace revealed to these ones, your sons and daughters, your peace right now. We let go of anxiety, we let go of striving, we let go of stress, and we grab your peace right now. Your perfect peace, your shalom, shalom. We thank you for wholeness. We thank you for fulfillment and we thank you for a revelation that people wonder, what's, what's that hope that we have? It's our peace. Thank you for your peace that we're made perfect in peace and today reveal yourself today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Let's everybody just stand for a moment. Father, there's so much that we need to see from your word and, and frankly... Speaking on behalf of uh, myself and maybe others here, Lord, we get uh, strange ideas of what you're really, really like. So I ask for forgiveness for why, why we've ascribed to you. We've taken your name in vain. We've, we've not seen you as you really are. And forgive us for all ungodly images of who you are. Father, I thank you today that you continue to reveal yourself to each one individually, wherever they're at and whatever they need today, whatever their need is, you are more than enough. You are all sufficient. So Father, I thank you that not only are you the one that creates us, but you're the one that sustains us. It's in you we live and move and have our being. So we rest and trust in you today and ask that everybody that's here this morning could feel a new dimension. And as they read through scriptures this week, that they'll see you in a brand new light. Let scales fall off your eyes. In the name of Jesus, and let us see you as you really are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us today. Thank you for learning along with me. I think we have a, a, just be seated for another uh, 45 seconds, and then you'll be dismissed. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast. And check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.